Hello, friends. Welcome to the Focus to Evolve podcast, where we uncover modalities, habits, and technologies that enable people, teams, and organizations to break the unhealthy trance of busyness and evolve into a calm, deliberate, and healthy way of accomplishing far more in less time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Focus to Evolve podcast. Today, we're going to talk about distraction management. And this is a craft. It is what we like to call the craft of distraction management. So we're all very familiar with distractions. My goodness, we are swimming in an environment of unlimited distractions. And I think that's going to be the case more and more as technology evolves. I remember hearing a story about when computers first came out, you know, they were these huge mainframes and they took up whole city blocks. (laughs) Then one day it went to a personal computer and it got a little smaller and a little closer to us. And then it kind of started migrating into mobile devices. And now we got little computers on our phones and now they're getting closer to our bodies because they're watches. (laughs) And now Neuralink is doing the first human trials on getting these little things into our brains, actually. Now, I'm not going to be one of the earlier participants of that, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, But what I'm saying here is this digital world is getting closer and more intimate with us, and the distractions are only going to be more plentisome. Is that a word? I don't know, but I can guarantee you that distractions are going to become more plentisome. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, too. A lot of us go into the office. A lot of us work uh, with companies and in companies and with clients on site, all kinds of things. And the truth is that distraction is actually a company culture. How much is it tolerated in your company? Are we allowed to just go in, bust in and barge into everybody's attention whenever we think it's necessary or whenever whenever we think that it's it's an important priority even though that may not be an important priority for the person you're disrupting or distracting so you know as we go in you know be the one that has the courage to say you know what I'm going to do this a little bit differently I'm going to have intermittent protected spaces where I get to go deep with my work very focused let those neural networks grow and become vast Use your left and right hemisphere instead of just your mostly left hemisphere and frontal cortex. So use your whole brain. And that can only be done by working in a non-distracted way. Procrastination also, by the way. Procrastination has a lot to do with distraction. Because the immature way that some people deal with pain management is by utilization of distractions. So if you're doing a gritty, yucky task that needs to be done, that's important, it's just part of your job or part of your life, we are pretty good at finding the way out. (laughs) So the harder the task, the longer the task, the more gritty the task feels, the easier it is for you to you know, use that pain management lever and jump onto a distraction. (laughs) These, These can be exterior distractions like a a ping, a ding on your email or a badge you see on your social media and you want to check it or whatever that is. But they can also be internal distractions. And I think on the the pain management and the procrastination one, that's more internal. Like you kind of get pretty good at finding ways. I, I better go get another cup of coffee before I jump into this next sentence or Hmm, I wonder what John's doing over there. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask him about the game last night. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're walking over to John instead of doing 
the work that you know needs to be done. We're going to talk a little bit about some solutions and suggestions to help with some of these very common things that everybody deals with, myself included. You know, I'm 10 years into coaching and training and teaching on this stuff, and I still fall into these traps because the truth is, if you're a healthy human and, you know, you have a proper dopamine levels, which most people do, um, you you, you can't help it. When a shiny ping or a ding shows, you are hardwired to check it out. It's the dopamine's the what's next neurochemical, I like to say. Pings and dings, and especially in this digital world, they are just everywhere. So it's pretty easy to utilize distractions as a pain management lever on things you don't want to do. So we'll get into how to kind of take care of that here in the next uh, half of this. But I'm, I'm also reminded as it relates to kind of all of us defining what distraction is and what's the essence of it. I remember Seneca, for those of you who've studied Stoicism, he's a Stoic philosopher. He said uh, something that really rang true to me. He was talking about how we humans are so darn protective of our things and our little trinkets and our money and all these things. But when it comes to the minutes and the, the, the time of our lives, the hours, the minutes of our lives, we really don't protect it that well. Certainly not as well as we do with money. Like if I were to ask you all to turn this podcast off, go drive right over to the bank, pull all of your money out and burn 30% of it. According to a lot of research, we are burning more than 30% of our minutes of each day on distractions. So, you know, distractions are, are it's more than just getting things done. It's about living a deliberate, purpose-driven, value-driven life and not being pulled away from it. It's good to ask yourself, what are you being distracted from? What, what activities would you be doing to build your life and your career or do the next minute and calorie burn on the target that you have, whatever that is, whatever it is, if it's personal or professional, it doesn't matter. But I think it's super important to make sure that you have your list of things to do. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the suggestions portion of this. Are you doing your values? Are you doing your missions? Are you doing your purpose? And are you working towards your target? And by the way, Activities and tasks that we do, a lot of people think that I'm just referring to work stuff. Well, that's not true at all. I, I actually strongly encourage when we do our architectural calendaring modules in our trainings, we talk a lot about planning out your recovery time, planning out the activities that feel like play to you, or just planning out white space for yourself, like literally, utterly white space where you're just going to commit to not checking email, not looking at social media, and actually just having total freedom for a half an hour, for 45 minutes to two hours. I don't know, maybe every Friday from, from like 11 a.m. to 2, you just take kind of a long lunch and it's all off. And you just go and kind of feel what liberated, inspired freedom feels like again. And so there's nothing wrong with that, you know, planned recovery and play and all that. That's not wasted time. My goodness, all kinds of benefits happen there. You get to reset from a neurochemical standpoint, from a hormonal standpoint. You get to bring your vibration back down to homeostasis and feel good. And then when you get back from that white space that you actually plan, well, then you have more willpower 
to stay focused and not be distracted. I remember in Near Ayal, I think it's his book called Indistractable, he talked about how the word distraction, there's actually some pretty cool stuff in there. If you actually look at the word distracted, so distraction, so you have to have traction on something and then you get distracted, distracted. I think that's a really clever way of thinking about the word distraction. So what are you being distracted from? Do you have a clean, clear list on what you want to do versus what you don't want to do? And obviously what you want to do is that's your definition. That's your day and everything. That's your traction, I should say. And anything that pulls you out of that is distraction towards those things that will build your life and your career and your targets and mission and value that you want. So that's kind of what it looks like. And you do need to kind of get good at understanding you have a choice. Here's kind of where we start migrating on over to suggestions to help with this distraction problem in this really distracted world that we live in is first and foremost is own this. Really, really realize you don't have to go into another day where you allow your attention to be picked apart in a thousand directions per hour. There are a lot of things you have to do around this, including practicing it. There's a term out there called urge surfing. So there are some specific timings around urge surfing. So an urge to be distracted or an urge to go off and check out that ping or that ding, that is basically going to last from a neurochemical standpoint about 90 seconds. That's actual real data. After 90 seconds, most of those neurotransmitters clear out. So you're looking at kind of just taking, you know, four to six deep breaths and staying right where you are, and that urge will go away. So you are surfing that urge. The more you do it, the better you get at surfing. It's just like everything. It's another muscle to build, and wow, does it make a difference. So just go through that four to six breaths. Every time you see a little ping or a ding or someone jumps in, um, or internally, like if you want to go and do something else, even though you know you're still on it, all you need is about 90 seconds. That neurochemistry clears out. And you kind of get to be back where you deliberately want to be to be building your life and your career and everything, all right? So this does require you to change your narrative a little bit. I'm a big practitioner of neurolinguistics. I try to call myself out and everyone I coach on anytime I hear their words reinforcing a narrative of being a distracted person. I kind of look at it this way. You guys recall Jim Rohn. He has the saying that most people know about. It's that you are the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. But I think if you get under the psychology of that and really why he said that, I actually think the more accurate statement is that you are the five stories that you tell yourself the most. So you're the one doing it. And the people you hang around with just kind of reinforce that. That's why they say, go, go and hang around with people who are a little bit further up the, up the path where you want to go, uh, because they tell themselves different stories, and they will reflect that to you and help you to have new narratives and new stories for yourself. So instead of saying, wow, I, uh, I just can't stay focused, I'm just distracted, or I, uh, I have a horrible attention span, or my company is just such a mess when it comes to focus and you know, my whole team is just so distracted. They might be objective reality, 
But repeating that story and that narrative over and over and over is actually you just placing more of that. It's like going to a fast food restaurant called the Cosmos and saying, I'll, I'll take more distraction, please. <laughs> That's really, really the way it is. Just start changing the narrative, changing your words. Instead of saying, I'm so distracted, or I just can't stay focused, or I have such a short attention span, start saying, I don't get easily distracted. I'm just not easily distracted. And begin, I guess, almost fake it till you make it. Start doing that. And the activity will reinforce this new narrative. And next thing you know, you have integrity with yourself by just saying that over and over. I'm not easily distracted. I'm just not going to allow it. And it does take courage. It takes strength. It takes repetition. It takes you practicing that urge surfing thing we just chatted about. And uh, it really does make a difference. And it happens super quickly. So I hope that you really give that a go. Do some urge surfing, exercise that muscle, and change your narrative. You are not a distracted person. You don't have to live a life like that. We, we love to help coach on that subject here at Focus to Evolve. So if you need any help on that, you try it, it doesn't take traction, uh, we would love to hear from you. This is exactly what we, we help to get people to live a really calm, deliberate, and authentic life and delivery. That's where it's at. That's where all the magic is. You get it all done, but you don't trade in your personal priorities for professional priorities. It's both and when you do it maturely. And there really are specific ways of doing that, especially when it comes to the craft of email management and really just keeping all the all the balls in the air. It can be a challenge, but there are awesome ways to do it. And when you leverage technology the right way, man, is it so possible. I just want everyone to know about it. We'll be right back after this brief message. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you wanna learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information. Welcome back to the Focus to Evolve podcast. The other thing I would say is when focus and deliberate delivery of strategy, purpose, and mission, it actually is a proactive activity. There's no master craftsman ever born that just kind of jumps into the day, doesn't have a real plan, maybe just goes and looks what the whole world wants them to do. We might say that's called the inbox. But the ones that really get it done, that really move the dial, change their industry, and become the real craftsmen and craft women of their industries, they have a plan. They look at tomorrow and the days ahead like, a, like an ultra-curious scientist. They don't just plop a couple of the meetings and then try to keep up with email all day. That's not at all what they do. They look at tomorrow, and really there are two components – what commitments in time, what people am I going to meet with? And that's your calendar appointments. 
and then having some sort of a task list. All right. And they tweak it and they just tinker with it and they, they get it right. But it takes a little bit of massaging. It's not a sloppy, quick thing. People don't put enough time into planning tomorrow so that tomorrow is not an overloaded, you know, sloppy show again. And if you feel that it is and you feel like it just continuously spills over, well, then be that curious scientist. When today ends, really just look at tomorrow and call a spade a spade. Say, that's an overloaded, overloaded day tomorrow. And just disallow it. Re, redo the day. And if tomorrow's already packed with nine meetings and you have six things you have to deliver, okay, do your best tomorrow, but then click over to next Monday and begin engineering from that point forward a very different way of living. And when the day is full, don't just try to stuff it in there like those clowns in those circus cars. <laughs> no, when something else is requested, when the day is already full, when you already have too many meetings and when you have tasks that you need to accomplish on that day and you know you're not going to be able to get to it, instead of stressing out and just doing your best with it and then going home feeling defeated and yucky, instead, look at that new incoming request, know that your day's already full for today or tomorrow or whatever, and then it's a priority call. One in, one out. The lower priority one gets bumped. You update any relevant parties and you go on about your day. But don't keep stacking it and stacking it and having no idea where the time's going to come from. That is not being an architect of your life. That is being, that's being sloppy. And that's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your customers. It's going to hurt your team. And it's going to hurt your family because you're going to go home tired and frustrated. Hopefully in your planning of tomorrow and in the next days, you do put some white space in there. Protect white space for mitigation, because you know things are going to come. Let's let's not pack a full day of meetings and, and tasks and things that we want to do, and then it's supposed to be airtight minute by minute. Well, that's not realistic, because we all know like half of our day, or even maybe a third of our day, or maybe half of a day, is just dealing with things that are happening right then and there. So plan for that. Make that a part of your calendaring. And you just absolutely have to use calendaring if this overwhelm feeling is getting to you. And if you feel too distracted, have the plan. And then once you have the plan, just do the plan. So that's a super important one that uh, we do like to talk about. Be that curious scientist about tomorrow. Just tweak it and massage it until it's a realistic day that will get done your priorities and the business's priorities while taking care of yourself. And that's where the magic all happens. You feel good about the day. You got it all done. Boss is happy. Customers are happy. Checking the box now. Let's go home and enjoy time with friends, family, or just self for recovery. The last thing I was, I was going to say about distractions and a suggestion to help with distractions, actually probably one of the most important ones. You must engineer your environments to be less distracted. So when I say environments with an S at the end, I really mean environments. They are we have so many layers of environments, starting with the outside environment, like your desk. Okay, take a look at your desk. What's on there? It should be pretty much clean, except for the one thing you're working on. Maybe it's the sheet. Maybe it's a printout that you have to reference as you're knocking through a task or, or a document or a presentation that you're building. But it should just be one thing at a time. And make sure that your desk just has that. So that's engineering your environment. You're going to clean up your desk, not to have distractions, not to have potential distractions. Because remember, as soon as jobs get gritty, 
your brain starts looking for pain relief. It does its immature pain management. Next thing you know, you got your phone in your hand and you're just tinkering away instead of doing the thing you know you need to do. So take away that temptation. Clean up the desk. That's one example. Your digital cleansing. When you look at your phone, what apps are showing on your home screen? Is it just 50 apps that you might sort of kind of use and you did once and you might use again? That's all just clutter and it's killing your psychology. It's killing your cognitive battery. And so that's another example of cleaning another environment. Clean out your phone. Take all of those apps, all of those cool ones that you saw that one Saturday morning or a friend suggested to you or the one you want to get to. Put all those in a folder with on your phone. Your home screen should just show your true functioning daily apps. And so again, we're taking away the opportunity for distractions. The environment on the laptop, we don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> Get that desktop cleaned up. Have just the icons showing that you actually utilize. And that's where, again, all kinds of cleanliness comes in. Things move quicker. You don't have as many options for distractions. And let's not forget about our internal environments. This is a big one. In fact, I think it's, it's, it's actually worse than the exterior environments. So what's going on in your mind? What did you prime yourself with? Are you giving yourself stillness and some level of meditation? Are you taking deep breaths from time to time just to regather and not be so hurried and rushed and even, dare I say, confused just because you're not getting clarity? All clarity comes from just sitting still. And the real next thing bubbles up. It, it's, a, it's an inner knowing. All of us have it. Problem is we're, we're just in such a hurry and there's so much distraction that we're just always on and we speed through the day and kindness starts going out the window. Mission, value, purpose starts going out the window. And next thing you know, we're just jumping from distraction to distraction to distraction rather than doing the traction, which is the thing that you proactively decided in your plan for the day. Just wanted to review those things, what distraction is, let's define it a little bit, and then those suggestions to help you combat distraction. And if you want to go deeper on this subject, please reach out to us. We love to talk to teams and people who want to become samurai at this and gain back tremendous amounts of time each week of their lives going forward. In fact, we have, I never I've never said this on the podcast, but any team or individual that, that actually engages with us, we have a an auditable guarantee that each person that goes through the two-hour training will gain back a minimum of one day per week, every single week going forward. That's an, that's an actual guarantee we have. <laughs> so I don't know. Either people don't believe that if they don't sign up or they just don't know what the value of time is, which is the most important asset. Reach out to us if these things subjects, anything you hear on these podcasts is something that you would like to dig deeper into. We want to help you. And with that, I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and you take care. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to our producing director, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Jason Henkel, thanking you for tuning in today and inviting you to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you think this may help others in your personal or professional network, please share today's episode. Until next time, I wish you a calm, deliberate, and authentic week ahead. Hi. 
My name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.